Hi, everyone, and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it. Hey, everybody, welcome back to God's Plan, Your Part. Today, we're looking at Judges 13 to 15, and I would call it part one of Samson. Mm-hmm. Uh, verse, or chapter 13, uh, we kind of have a lot about Samson's parents, which actually I did not remember that this is actually a part of the story. Um, and then in chapter 14, we get, uh, just like some background and Samson starts to want to marry a wife. And then chapter 15, uh, Samson starts to go crazy and that is going to continue into tomorrow, I think. So as we read over these chapters, uh, what got your attention? I like chapter 13, kind of like what you're talking about with Samson's parents. I appreciate, um, just kind of knowing the story before Samson's even on the scene at all. So like you have his very, very faithful parents who like want to do the right thing in um, having children, but they can't. But then when they find out that they can, um, once again, like this miraculous birth kind of situation. But once they find out they can, they like, they want to know exactly what to do to raise this child right. uh, Because his birth obviously to them is going to be very significant because they weren't able to have kids. Uh, but one thing that I noticed specifically about the parents is that after the, the angel of the Lord appears to the mother, I believe that was, yeah, comes yeah. To the mother first. They, I guess they pray again or the husband prays this time saying, Oh Lord, please let whoever that was that showed up, come back and teach us what to do with this child. And it's so crazy because they, they pray that prayer, and I think it can get easily missed. They pray that prayer, and sure enough, the angel returns to the woman in the field. Like, she's out in the field, whatever, and then she's like, oh my gosh, you're here. Goes back, finds her husband, and then they, like, talk with this angel together. So, I don't know. I just think that's super cool, and it's, like, very... I think that's, like, a very typical tale of praying for answers and God just being like, okay. It's interesting because the second time the angel of the Lord comes, he doesn't really say anything different. Mm-hmm. Uh, the angel of the Lord basically reveals um, that that mom, even when she's pregnant, can't drink any alcohol, basically, oh, yeah, any fruit that. of the vine, um, and can't eat any unclean thing. Nazarite vow. Yes. So the Nazarite vow is described in Numbers 6. And basically what it is, is like a temporary provision to be set apart specifically for God. So the fact that Samson is supposed to be a Nazarite his entire life, it means more than just he can't cut his hair and he can't drink wine and he can't touch dead things. Mm -hmm. It means he should be set aside to honor God exclusively. Well, it's interesting though, because the parent, this is one of those situations where the parents are like taking every precaution. Yeah, they are. They are. And then the next chapter... When Samson goes down to, like, find his wife, he apparently comes across this lion, rips it apart with his hands, and then on his way back, takes the honey out of a dead thing and just, like, passes it around to everybody. Like, wait, his parents were so careful with him and so, like, serious and, like, dedicated to making sure that he was set apart and he just doesn't care and actually, like gives it to his parents deceitfully as well. It's really strange. So even even before that, 
he basically tells him, like, that woman over there, that Philistine woman, she looks good. Bring her to me to be a wife. Yeah, he's, like, super demanding. It, it actually says, she is right in my eyes, which is interesting because it goes right along with the theme of judges. Mm-hmm. Everybody did what was right in their own eyes. And his faithful parents, you got to believe, they're like, oh, this doesn't seem right. Yeah. Um, but they, it's, it's really interesting what the Bible says. Uh, chapter 14, verse 4, his father and mother did not know that it was from the Lord, for he was seeking an opportunity against the Philistines. At that time, the Philistines ruled over Israel. It's a really interesting case for the sovereignty of God. Like, Samson is not supposed to be doing this. But the Bible says that God is going to use this terrible decision that Samson is going to make. And spoiler alert, there are way more terrible (laughs) ones to come. God is going to use this bad decision to bring about God's plan. So it doesn't mean that what Samson is doing is right. Yeah. What it does mean is that God is able to use Samson's poor choice to bring about what he desires. Well, I have a question then, too. In, in 14, he's giving like a riddle, I guess, to the yeah. people. But what's the point? I don't understand why. It, it seems like Samson is just like a party dude and he loves attention and he loves just whatever like really he wants. Full of himself. Yeah, he's super full of himself. So he gives this riddle like just to give a riddle and the Philistines don't want to lose because they hate losing to Samson. Mm -hmm. So like you get the idea that there's this prior relationship, Um, but he does defile himself by eating out of a dead carcass that violates the Nazarite vow that he's under. He also defiles everyone that he gives the, the honey to. Mm -hmm. Um, So, so you get immediately that Samson's not a great dude. Well, that's what's weird to me. So, like, you have this guy who's, like, out giving riddles. He's, like, super full of himself. He's defiling his own self and his parents. Like, remember before we talked about how, uh, what's his name? Aaron's sons were just, like, super stupid and were more than likely getting drunk before going into the... Yeah. The ta- but, like, God, like, struck them down immediately. immediately. Mm-hmm. So why is Samson allowed to just, like, trot around doing whatever, but is also, like, picked... Like, I mean, Moses got in trouble for hitting a rock out of anger. And Samson is literally, like, supposed to be this judge, but he's... I think you get the sense that Samson doesn't really care all that much about God anyway so why would he be chosen that doesn't make sense to me well i think ultimately like he's just the instrument to deliver the people of israel which he does do so i i would guess it's Mm. very similar to god's hand is on pharaoh but pharaoh's doing all kinds of crazy evil stuff well if you think about the judges too like when you think about deborah if you had one word for her i think she would have been like very just and right it does seem that way yeah but then you have I mean, there were many, but the ones that stick out. Then you have um, Gideon, and he was, like, trying to do the right thing. But, but then he, like, lost his mind. And then Samson just doesn't care at all. Yes. So, like, you do have these, like, weird, like, ghosts of Christmas past going on. <laughs> present and, and future. <laughs> Samson, Samson is the last judge. Samson yeah. is the last judge we're going to hear about. The next significant thing, a person we're going to hear about is Samuel, who's kind of a bridge. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Samson's not good. I told you that like, this whole book is just a downward spiral. And Samson's going to be the last judge we hear about. Then we're going to hear about like this incredible calamity that's going to come next. Also, at the end of chapter 14, um, Samson refers to his wife as a heifer, which seems like not a great idea. <laughs> they, they solve this riddle uh, by going and talking to Samson's wife. And so Samson calls him out by saying, if you had not plowed with my heifer, you would not have found out my riddle. Yeah, but what's interesting, too, is it sounds like it's like a it's like a double-edged whatever 
insult because it's he's like referring to his wife in that way and he's also like I know what you did all you whatever guys so I don't know he just ends up looking like the idiot well and his his wife's dad gives her away to somebody else because he's convinced that Samson hates her which Um, is so ridiculous like this story yeah so many ridiculous dramatic things samson definitely seems like not a great dude at the end of chapter 15 he takes a donkey's jawbone and kills a thousand (laughs) philistines so So you definitely get the feeling that samson is god's chosen instrument of judgment against the philistines Mm -hmm. um it actually says that god's spirit rushed upon him to give him several times several times and so the Holy Spirit moves in Samson to give him strength to allow him to accomplish the things that God wants him to accomplish. So I think in in an interesting way, uh, Samson is God's instrument of judgment against the Philistines, just like Israel itself had been God's instrument of judgment against the Canaanites. And so we we see many times God using people who aren't great people to bring about the things that he wants. Actually, the the quote that I keep hearing recently is that God uses crooked sticks to create straight lines. <laughs> Sam <laughs> Samson seems that? like <laughs> quite a crooked stick. Um, not a great dude, and it's going to get worse tomorrow. So, do you have do you have any takeaways from today? I think if anything, it would probably go back to the parents um, because they they believed. Like, through their prayers, they, like, they asked and believed that God would send this angel of the Lord again. And he showed up. And they're not surprised by it. They're like, hey, hold on. Let me go get my husband so we can talk. <laughs> like, yeah. it's just, it's pretty cool to see that, that kind of commitment and that kind of um, faith, I guess. Which is pretty cool. It's a bummer that they're kind of forgotten. I know. Like, literally, I read this chapter and I was like, oh, wow, I forgot about this. Mm-hmm. So crazy Samson comes from a mom and a dad that seem to be at least willing to be obedient to the Lord. I mean, because the dad is literally saying, hey, angel, come back so that you can tell me how I'm supposed to make sure this son lives. And then then the son is born and just does whatever he wants anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, So Samson is so interesting. I don't know why we love to teach little boys about how strong Samson is. Yeah, Because he's not great. He's a really bad dude. (laughs) So, hey, we'll be back tomorrow with part two. We'll see you then. Hey, thanks so much for listening to our take on God's word. Stick around and listen to the word uh, on the second part of the podcast. Before we get in there, uh, we just want to remind you, you can connect with us at any time on social media and YouTube at God's plan, your part. Also, we are a listener supported podcast. So if you ever want to help us out with the ministry that we're doing, uh, you can do that by clicking the link in our description. And now here's the reading for today. Judges chapter 13. And the people of Israel again did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord gave them into the hands of the Philistines for forty years. There was a certain man of Zorah of the tribe of the Danites whose name was Manoah. And his wife was barren and had no children. And the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Behold, you are barren and have not borne children, but you shall conceive and bear a son. Therefore be careful and drink no wine or strong drink and eat nothing unclean. For behold, you shall conceive and bear a son. No razor shall come upon his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb, and he shall begin to save Israel from the hand of the Philistines. Then the woman came and told her husband, A man of God came to me, and his appearance was like the appearance of the angel of God, very awesome. I did not ask him where he was from, and he did not tell me his name, but he said to me, Behold, you shall conceive and bear a son. 
So then drink no wine or strong drink, and eat nothing unclean, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb to the day of his death. Then Manoah prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord, please let the man of God whom you sent come again to us and teach us what we are to do with the child who will be born. And God listened to the voice of Manoah, and the angel of God came again to the woman, and she sat in the field. But Manoah, her husband, was not with her. So the woman ran quickly and told her husband, Behold, the man who came to me the other day has appeared to me. And Manoah arose and went after his wife and came to the man and said to him, Are you the man who spoke to this woman? And he said, I am. And Manoah said, Now when your words come true, what is to be the child's manner of life and what is his mission? And the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, Of all that I said to the woman, let her be careful. She may not eat of anything that comes from the vine, neither let her drink wine or strong drink or eat any unclean thing. All that I commanded her, let her observe. Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, Please let us detain you and prepare you a young goat. And the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, If you detain me, I will not eat of your food. But if you prepare a burnt offering and offer it to the Lord, for Manoah did not know that he was the angel of the Lord. And Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, What is your name, so that when your words come true, we may honor you? And the angel of the Lord said to him, Why do you ask my name, seeing it is wonderful? So Manoah took the young goat with the grain offering and offered it on the rock to the Lord, to the one whose works wonders. And Manoah and his wife were watching. And when the flame went up toward heaven from the altar, the angel of the Lord went up in the flame of the altar. Now Manoah and his wife were watching, and they fell on their faces to the ground. The angel of the Lord appeared no more to Manoah and to his wife. Then Manoah knew that he was the angel of the Lord. And Manoah said to his wife, We shall surely die, for we have seen God. But his wife said to him, If the Lord had meant to kill us, he would not have accepted a burnt offering and a grain offering at our hands, or shown us all these things, or now announced to us such things as these. And the woman bore a son and called his name Samson. And the young man grew, and the Lord blessed him. And the Spirit of the Lord began to stir in him in Meneshadon between Zorah and Eshtol. Samson went down to Timnah, and at Timnah he saw one of the daughters of the Philistines. Then he came up and told his father and mother, I saw one of the daughters of the Philistines at Timnah. Now get her for me as my wife. But his father and mother said to him, Is there not a woman among the daughters of your relatives or among all our people that you must take a wife from the uncircumcised Philistines? But Samson said to his father, Get her for me, for she is right in my eyes. His father and mother did not know that it was from the Lord, for he was seeking an opportunity against the Philistines. At that time the Philistines ruled over Israel. Then Samson went down with his father and mother to Timnah, and they came to the vineyards of Timnah. And behold, a young lion came toward him, roaring. Then the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon him, and although he had nothing in his hand, he tore the lion in pieces as one tears a young goat. But he did not tell his father or his mother what he had done. Then he went down and talked to the woman, and she was right in Samson's eyes. After some days he returned to take her, and he returned aside to see the carcass of the lion. And behold, there was a swarm of bees in the body of the lion, and honey. He scraped it into his hands, and went on, eating as he went. And he came to his father and mother, and gave some to them, and they ate. But he did not tell him that he had scraped the honey from the carcass of the lion. His father went down to the woman, and Samson prepared a feast there, for so a young men used to do. As soon as the people saw him, they brought thirty companions to be with him. And Samson said to them, let me now put a riddle to you. 
If you can tell me what is within the seven days of the feast, and it finds out, then I will give you thirty linen garments and thirty changes of clothes. But if you cannot tell me what it is, then you shall give me thirty linen garments and thirty changes of clothes. And they said to him, Put your riddle, that we may hear it. Then he said to them, Out of the eater came something to eat, out of the strong came something sweet. And in three days they could not solve the riddle. On the fourth day they said to Samson's wife, Entice your husband to tell us what the riddle is, lest we burn you in your father's house with fire. Have you invited us here to impoverish us? And Samson's wife wept over him and said, You only hate me. You do not love me. You have put a riddle to my people, and you have not told me what it is. And he said to her, Behold, I have not told my, my father or my mother, and shall I tell you? She wept before him the seven days that her feast lasted, and on the seventh day he told her, because she pressed him hard. Then she told the riddle to her people, and the men of the city said to him on the seventh day before the sun went down, What is sweeter than honey? What is stronger than a lion? And he said to them, If you had not plowed with my heifer, you would not have found out my riddle. And the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon him, and he went down to Ashkelon, and struck down thirty men of the town, and took their spoil, and gave the garments to those who he had told the riddle. In hot anger he went back to his father's house, and Samson's wife was given to his companion, who he had been his best man. After some days at the time of the wheat harvest, Samson went to visit his wife with a young goat. And he said, I will go into my wife in the chamber. But her father would not allow him to go in. And her father said, I really thought that you utterly hated her. So I gave her to your companion. Is not her younger sister more beautiful than she? Please take her instead. And Samson said to them, This time I shall be innocent in regard to the Philistines when I do them harm. So Samson went and caught three hundred foxes and took torches. And he turned them tail to tail and put a torch between each pair of tails. And when he had set fire to the torches, he let the foxes go into the standing grain of the Philistines, and set fire to the stacked grain and the standing grain, as well as the olive orchards. Then the Philistines said, Who has done this? And they said, Samson, the son-in-law of the Timonite, because he has taken his wife and given her to his companion. And the Philistines came up and burned her and her father with fire. And Samson said to them, If this is what you do, I swear I will be avenged on you, and after that I will quit. And he struck them hip and thigh with a great blow, and he went down and stayed in the cleft of the rock of Etam. Then the Philistines came up and encamped in Judah and made a raid on Lehi. And the men in Judah said, Why have you come up against us? They said, We have come up to bind Samson, to do to him as he did to us. Then three thousand men of Judah went down to the cleft of the rock at Etam, and said to Samson, Do you not know that the Philistines are rulers over us? What then is this that you have done to us? And he said to them, As they did to me, so I have done to them. And you, that you may give you into the hands of the Philistines. And Samson said to them, Swear to me that you will not attack me yourselves. They said to him, No, we will only bind you and give you into their hands. We will surely not kill you. So they bound him with two new ropes and brought him up from the rock. When he came to Lehi, the Philistines came shouting to meet him. Then the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon him, and the ropes that were on his arms became as flax that had caught fire, and his bonds melted off his hands. 
and he found a fresh jawbone of a donkey, and put out of his hand and took it. And with it he struck a thousand men. And Samson said, With the jawbone of a donkey, heaps upon heaps, with the jawbone of a donkey have I struck down a thousand men. As soon as he had finished speaking, he threw away the jawbone out of his hand, and that place was called Ramoth-Lehi. And he was very thirsty, and he called upon the Lord and said, You have granted this great salvation by the hand of your servant, and shall I now die of thirst and fall into the hands of the uncircumcised? And God split open the hollow place that is at Lehi, and water came out from it. And when he drank, his spirit returned, and he revived. Therefore the name of it was called En-Hakor. It is at Lehi to this day. And he judged Israel in the days of the Philistines twenty years. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow.